Hello and welcome to the Quietly Visible podcast. I'm your host, Carol Stewart, founder of Abounding Solutions and author of Quietly Visible, leading with influence and impact as an introverted woman. And this is the podcast for introverted women who want to thrive as leaders and in life. Now, this episode is a recording of a LinkedIn audio session that I did on public speaking public speaking and speaking up in meetings and how you can improve your performance. I had some guest speakers along with me, namely Susan Heaton-Wright, Alexandra von Burnett and Kayla Conley, all of whom are experts in public speaking, coaching and showing leaders how to confidently have presence and make an impact with their speaking performance. So listen to the recording of the session. There is a Q, there was a Q&A session at the end where members of the audience came up and asked the questions and were given answers to them. Unfortunately, LinkedIn doesn't have the facility to record audio sessions. So I had to record it from a separate device and I missed the very beginning of it. So it starts off with Susan speaking um, and speaking on the topic that she was speaking about. So each of the speakers and myself had a particular topic that we spoke on. Susan, she spoke on projecting your voice and tone of voice. Alex, she spoke on commanding the room with your presence. Kayla spoke about speaking up with confidence. And I talked about overcoming the self-doubt, the imposter syndrome that people experience when it comes to public speaking and speaking up in meetings. Each of us gave a very, very brief talk, sharing some quick tips, and then we opened up for questions. So listen and enjoy the final three episodes of the If You Want That Promotion series will continue from the next episode. Is superstar communicator and I have my own methodology but I identified key areas that are essential for all spoken communication and this applies equally to speaking up in meetings through to public speaking. Now, if you were to go and look at my profile, you would think, oh my goodness, she has no problems with speaking up in meetings or speaking of doing public speaking, but it couldn't be further from the truth. I'm a proper introvert. I'm one of those really, really quiet ones. I will go and hide in a room after this session. And certainly when I was a schoolgirl, I was very quiet, quite anxious and was underestimated for my abilities because I was quiet and I'm sure Carol will resonate with me. But over the years, I overcame that and became an international opera singer, as one does. But I was still that quiet person. And then more recently, I became a public speaker and I'm a keynote speaker internationally and a fellow of the Professional Speaking Association. 
the reason why I say this, this is that I really, really understand it when people say that they get nervous speaking up in meetings or doing public speaking. And one of the things that can happen if we are nervous is that this can show in our voices, even if we are going ahead and speaking up, um, we need to be able to be audible in meetings and show that we are confident, even if our little voice is going, no, 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 I don't like this, or our heart is beating, or we're quite anxious. Believe me, these things have happened to me. So I want to share with you some things about the voice and how we can project our personality through our voices. Um, so first of all, it isn't just what we say that is important. It's the non-verbal communication as well. And obviously you're listening to the voice. You're not able to see what I'm doing. To Hello. Hello, Susan, we appear to have lost you. Hello, Susan. Oh, I think we've, we've lost Susan. So until Susan comes back, um, she's gone. Um, this this um, LinkedIn audio is still in the beta stage, so there may be hiccups as a result of it. So if I could ask you, Alexandra, Alex. Oh, here's Susan back. Wow. You're back, Susan. We lost you then. Oh, no, I was in mid-flow. <laughs> where, where, where had I got up to so that I can repeat that? You were starting to talk about what you were going to share um, in okay. terms of like the non-verbal. And that's, that is the thing when you're speaking, these things can happen and it's how you remain poised and calm as well when they do happen, isn't it? Absolutely. You know what? Nobody died from be being bot kicked out of um, a live show. There are bigger things going on in the world. Take a deep breath and get going again. So I hope that I've demonstrated that sometimes these things happen. And this is the thing, the voice um, in with our communication is equally important to the content or people would argue possibly more important than the content and also on nonverbal communication. Now on this platform of course you can't see my gestures my facial expressions my body language so I have to work harder with my voice to make sure that it's really engaging the thing is that when we get nervous or perhaps when we get kicked off a platform midway through and it could throw us or if we're not well or if we're frightened or if we um, are saying particular things that could be triggering us, these sorts of things can alter the sound of the voice. I will refer to some research that was done in 2018, which I've shared with Carol before. And this was regarding some interview skills at Stirling University. And they assigned some people to be um, the interviewer and they were more senior and those people who were um, more junior. And what happened um, throughout the study was that those people that were assigned the more senior role, the pitch of their voice went down slightly and they used more powerful, impactful words. And those people who were more junior, the pitch of their voice went 
up slightly and they used less impactful words. Now, I think that the study didn't pick up on, and I feel is very interesting, is that there's something subconsciously that makes us adjust the pitch of our voice slightly in different situations. And I want you to think about those meetings where you might be the most junior person in the room, or you are perhaps pitching for some... Um, finance for a particular project or it's a difficult conversation i want you to be consciously aware of what happens to your voice does it goes up slightly does it go up slightly when you're asking for money or asking you asking for a pay rise because this can impact on the way that other people receive the information they will pick up that something is slightly wrong with your voice, not wrong with your voice, but it's demonstrating that you might be a bit nervous or a bit anxious asking for those things. So what I want you to think about is start monitoring what happens to your voice in different situations and to see whether it changes when it's a tricky conversation or in a meeting that you have to oppose the view of other people and all of a sudden your voice goes up very high and it's not your natural voice. And the way that you can overcome this to be more aware, consciously aware, is to think about your posture, to make sure that your neck and your shoulders are nicely relaxed so that your natural voice can come out. And I'm sure that there will be questions related to that. But also another thing that Carol wanted me to mention was how we can be audible in meetings, more so than public speaking, because we're likely to have a microphone. And this is the thing. It can be, I believe that we should speak so it's as easy as possible for other people to listen and understand us. And if we're mumbling, if we're a bit nervous and so we're a bit quiet, other people, they will struggle to hear you and they will switch off. And I don't want this to happen to anybody here. So again, one of the things that can happen if you are projecting your voice is that the voice can go higher. And it might be misinterpreted that you are being that you are being aggressive or um, angry or frightened. And I don't believe that any of you would behave in that way in a meeting. And I want you to project this professional, intelligent person that you are. So again, rather like with the voice, rather like when you are aware of the voice changing pitch because you might be nervous asking for something. Again, think about sitting in a really good way, relaxed way. I call it sitting diva. So your feet firmly on the ground, your um, sitting bones firmly on the chair, making sure that your shoulders and your neck are nicely relaxed so that you can use your natural voice but increase the volume by thinking of where you are projecting the voice to without it going higher. I'm happy to talk about that in more depth if anybody has got some questions about that. But essentially, 
from this part of the session, I want you to own the space with your voice, to be aware that there are certain situations that might alter the tone of your voice. And I want you to project the most positive version of yourself when you're speaking. So good luck. Thank you for that, Susan. And we will take questions. I will take questions after the other speakers have spoke as well. So do hang on and think about questions that you may want to ask around projecting your voice and the tone of your voice as well, because it, as Susan has said, it does make a big difference. So next we have Alexandra, who's going to be talking about commanding the room of your presence. Hi, Alex. Alexandra. Hello. Hi, everyone. Oh, that was that was so wonderful, uh, Susan. Thank you so much um, for sharing that. And I'm now I'm now sitting trying to sit in my diva, my, <laughs> my diva position there, my feet on the floor and, and getting prepared. So I hope everyone else is having a shuffle as well in their seats. Um, so my name is uh, Alex or Alexandra Bombonet and my work. So I'm a coach and uh, like everyone here and I have a company called Speaking Ambition and I'm a host a podcast called Ambition to Impact and so what I do is is I'm all about how we impact each other and how we do that in a professional sense and and actually very familiar like Susan my background is also in performance so um as well as well I'll say what happened to me is that I went to drama school a bit later and I I um, learned about acting and performing and I worked on stage and and I realized when I went into back into the workplace I was in financial services I was like oh so what happens is that we have people <laughs> I've learned how we inspire people and how we impact people between someone on a stage and people in the audience and I realized oh I'm, they, this is happening right now in this meeting as well. This scene is being set and there are parts that we're all playing here. So I started to use those uh, techniques to really help leaders to, to be able to confidently inspire. And, and we looked at those elements. So what I'm going to share with you now is really that space, if you're imagining a meeting room or even a Zoom room, um, and how we can command in that space. So here are a few few tips and tricks I, I, I tend to work with and tend to share um, with people. And, and again, as Carol said, I think we've got questions at the end. So do uh, do let us know, uh, write them down if you've got some questions you want to, to join in with. Now, I want you to think about what happens when you go into a space such as a meeting room. Uh, if you're wanting to do public speaking, it could be anything from being on your Zoom calls to being on a big stage uh, delivering some information. Now, what usually happens is this kind of fear, this, this sense of the, the enormity of it all affects how we show up. And that can be really intimidating and really affect the way that we are claiming that space and owning the room. And, and that's something really interesting in terms of what happens when you're on a stage. Because effectively, all it is is that we're having a conversation and we're having a relationship and we're trying to invoke some emotion 
and some feeling in other people so that they can learn something, so that they can make better decisions, so they can make a decision about you. And that can be sometimes a bit scary. And sometimes we can attach that to the value that we have to give. Um, we suffer from a little bit of comparatonitis. I don't know if that happens to you, but I know certainly I've, I can walk into a room and feel hugely intimidated and, and then suddenly feel, what do I have to say that's worth listening to? So I don't know if anyone resonates with that. This is, I'm going to share a few techniques that really help to step out of that mindset and into the mindset of really having presence in the room and claiming that space. So the first one, and actually this works really well, because if you took uh, from Susan, it's like we're going through another stage. So once you've aligned yourself and you've thought about your voice, I would like you to now consider who is it that you're speaking to? And, and think about what you're all there for. So when, if you're working in a show or on a play or anything like that, you're always thinking about the intentions, which is the classic actor's line, is it? What is my motivation? What is my intention? And that is because it drives everything. Now, so think about that. Why do people enter the room? Now, I want you to think of what do you want them to think, feel or do when they leave the room? So I like to encourage people to picture a door, even if even if you're on Zoom, is to picture a door that you're going to walk out of. And just above the door is is a word. And it's the one thing, the one expectation that you have for them. What do they, what do you want them to think? What do you want them to feel or what you want them to do when they leave that? Because that is what, what public speaking is about. It's about invoking our senses, our emotions, our feelings. Otherwise, it would have been an email and it would have been something we've read. This is how we engage other people. And this is the whole purpose, isn't it? So have a think about that. And if you have, have your brain focused on that word, it directs everything else. It can direct, um, help inform you, especially if you're getting lost or getting flustered. And, and have that as your, your key focus point. And if you can just succeed in that one part, in that one word, in that one emotion, then, then that's all that matters. And it kind of lets everything else that might be going on in your head um, and can let everything else fall away. And when we have that focus, that is when we start to get this element of gravitas because we're focused on one thing. Now, the other one that ties into that is really thinking about what your role is in that room. What are you there to do? So to, often we can, if we're, again, if we're asking for something, like we're asking for money, we're pitching for investment, we're pitching, we're presenting to the board, anything like that, or even presenting a TEDx talk, we can be so worried about what people think of us that actually it means that we're not serving as well as we could be. So really claim that space by thinking, why was I invited here? Why have I got this stage? Why have I got this opportunity to speak here today? And what happens to you if you think of it, about it from a point of gratitude? Like, I'm so, I'm so grateful to be here today. Thank you. And I'm going to make sure that you achieve this one thing so that I can help you to be better. How can you 
What value do you give to mentor that room? And it doesn't mean that you have to be better than anyone else. Let that go. Let that go. You have your value. You have your own value and that is you and, and your own strengths. And that is yours alone. So have a think about that. What value are you sharing in the room? And what role do you play in helping them to achieve whatever it is that they're there to listen to? So think about that. And now this is the final, final thing that I'd love you to consider in terms of claiming that space. Is when you walk into that room, it's really think about how you can make it your own, how you can feel comfortable, how you can get yourself excited, but also an element of relaxation in there. So even if you go early and have a, have a look around, get yourself settled in, and then I want you to think about everyone that's going to be sat in front of you listening. And here's one of the, the secrets that isn't so secret, but we often forget, is that everyone in that room wants you to do well. They are cheering you on and they always want the best. You've turned up today and you were listening and you are really hoping that we're going to share something that's going to be really valuable to you. And, and we really hope we do too. Um, but it doesn't mean that anyone's expecting you to fail. And that can often really harm our ability to claim the room and to claim that space. So be really confident in that, in that feeling that everyone there is there to be educated, entertained, and also wants you to do the best job possible. And this, adding this all together along with your focus with that word above the door will help you to really claim the space. So that's it. And if you have any questions about, about that, then, then I can't wait to hear them. And really looking forward to, to listening to the, to the next speaker, to Kayla, but uh, over to you, Carol. Thank you, Alex. That's some uh, great tips again. We're getting some really great nuggets from Susan, from Alex, um, and you will have the opportunity to ask questions at the end. So moving on to Kayla. Hello, everyone. It's, it's such an amazing journey and a real pleasure to be on LinkedIn today with, with Susan and uh, Alessandra and, and Carol. And it's it's wonderful to hear your backgrounds as as well. I I'm I'm so pleased that Carol is a woman helping introverted women because behind this lovely photo of me, I was born a very shy child. I was so shy that just to speak up, it was easier to cry, and I lived with that shyness for a very long time. I'm one of four girls. I'm from a very noisy Caribbean household and my mother never stopped talking, neither my sisters. But for me, it was always easier to hide. So I didn't know the power of my voice. I have no drama school experience and I didn't know I would be given the opportunity to work with amazing people to recognize their gifts and talents and let them know they can show up in an authentic way. So what led me to be a public speaking coach? At the age of 10 years old, I went to a Catholic church with my father. And 
the priest needed someone to do the reading in church. And I ended up reading in church because I was so shy and I was afraid to say no. I took that lectionary and every Sunday I started to read. It ached every time my hand would tremble because it was so painful. I really hope I clung on to every word and everything worked. I kept doing this, but I didn't practice the reading. So you know what happened in the end? Father Brian and I fell out. We had a falling out because it was his massive feast day and I read from the wrong page. So when it comes to speaking and speaking with confidence, I have been to the school of hard knocks and I'm here to share a few nuggets with you. Now, when it comes to showing up as a confident speaker, the first thing to be aware of is your audience. And beneath that is looking at how you'll deliver your message and how you will structure it. This is very important. It's almost like the four pillars of, of, of your house. Anywhere you see four pillars, we need structures in order to guide people, to take them on a journey with us. And if you put that effort in to script your message, work on your relevant stories, your anecdotes, and your call to action, you will find the audience really going on a journey with you. It's important when you script your message and you structure it to make the transitions in your speech so that everything will come together in the end. So my very first, the very first thing to be aware of is the delivery of your message and its structure. The second thing is what's going on in your tone and your vocal variety. That will keep people clinging to every word. So be aware, ask yourself, record yourself on a voice recorder and see if your tone is a bit monotonous. Is it lacking in energy? What's happening with your voice? Sometimes because of what's going on inside of us, now it's hay fever time, some of us, we might have throat issues. Apart from that, you might be going through a difficult time and it's affecting your throat area as well. So always be aware of what's happening with my, my voice. And the easiest thing to remember always, raise your voice at the start of every sentence and lower it at the end. This, this is a lesson that most English teachers would, would teach us when, when we just start reading when we were seven years old. It's one of these things that we still need it. We still need that. So bear, bear that in mind. And the, the third thing is your level of concentration. To deliver a message confidently, we all need to focus. Sometimes we have an incident that has taken place and it takes you away from your presentation and you have to get back to it. How do you put those two together so it, it, it appears seamless? So your concentration will really help you to show up 
in a confident manner and continue your message. If it if you find that it, it disrupts you so much that you feel distracted or frustrated, it's it's something that you can work on. A lot of us when we are going and we're in flow, we're just we're just happy. We're just comfortable being like that. But but life isn't a straight road and neither will your presentation be. The other thing is the ability to understand that there are good nerves and bad nerves. What do you think of that? Yes, there are good nerves. We all feel nervous. Even right now I'm talking. I know my heart is buzzing a little, but it's, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. I can see you joining and I feel good. I'm here with Alessandra and Susan and Carol and it feels good. So that's good nerves. And when, when you have good nerves, you're, it's a feeling that you're a little bit nervous, but you know you can do it and you know you are feeling great. The bad nerves is when you feel frustrated, anxious, feeling as if you're way out of your depth or comparing yourself with others and really placing a poor judgment on yourself. So be aware of that because that will get in the way of you becoming a confident speaker. And the fifth tip that I have for you here is to be aware of your energy levels. Do you sometimes feel so sluggish that you don't want to you, there, there's no energy in what you say. There's no passion in your, your, your words, no conviction. Yes, it can happen. If you have a talk or a presentation to do, go for a brisk walk. Or if you're at home, before you jump on Zoom, you can do some jumping jacks. Do something. Or if you have a pet, just chase the kitten around the house or something to raise your energy levels. And that will really make you feel good. So always remember, be aware of how energized you feel before you present. Now, the, the whole thing with confidence, part of it is your ability to show up as a leader and represent yourself well. And all of us who are on the call today, we all lead in our lives in big and small ways. So be mindful of that. Work on your message script it, get the structure right, understand which, which relevant story you'll be sharing, and it will, it will all come good. The whole tip, the, the, the tip I will leave with you is, since Carol supports introverted women, if, if, if you're an introverted person and you're ready to show up, I'm calling on you today to challenge yourself volunteer to chair meetings, deliver short presentations. I, I sometimes exercise at the gym, but I know I couldn't run a marathon if you asked me tomorrow. So steady and slow always wins the race. But the whole thing about being a confident speaker and showing up, you must be intentional. Keep that momentum going. Every time you volunteer, See if you can volunteer to speak on a, a weekly or a bi-weekly basis. And before you know it, you won't be asking people to do this anymore. They will come to you and say, can you do this? So remember today, confidence is when you show up as you truly are. 
draw on your positive speaking experiences and celebrate who you are. It's never ever about perfection. If you look on my work on LinkedIn, you'll see videos where I, I do crazy things. And it, that's what I try to show you every day. It's just being comfortable in your own skin. Now, my number one tip for you today, I have two tips before you leave. And before you speak, it's always good to put some air under your diaphragm, taking four deep breaths, just like you're blowing a balloon, inhale and exhale. And the second one is use a tongue twister, the famous Peter Piper pick a peck of pickled peppers. I always have that one in my pocket. So it's it's been a real pleasure joining you, Carol, Susan and Alessandra. And I do hope the few words that I've said today will somehow make you all show up as confident speakers thank you thank you very much kayla and again everyone there will be an opportunity to ask questions in a, a short while but i just want to quickly pick up on something that um kayla said and that was around monotone and lacking in energy um, and for people who are introverted if you are we, we, we can become um over overly stimulated by lots of activity that's going on around us so whether you are in a meeting whether you are speaking um in front of a large audience that can be draining of your energy so it's important that you think about what depletes your energy and what increases your energy and how you can remain energized and again it's the same with the monotone as well when you are feeling depleted of energy or you're being overly stimulated you may go into a monotone way of speaking. So it's about being aware of that and, and using different tones of voice to invoke some um, life into what you're speaking. So speaking louder, um, speaking lower, speaking quicker, speaking slower, just to adjust the tone of voice so that it doesn't come across as monotone. So before I open up the questions, I'm going to share, to, to speak about what can be the biggest barrier to speaking up in meetings and to public speaking? And that is fear. Feeling anxious about speaking up, worrying about that you're not going to say the right thing, you're, you're not going to look good enough, people are going to think, who does she or he think they are? Worrying about uh that you're going to get found out that you're not good enough and imposter syndrome rearing its head and doubting yourself. And those are big factors that prevent not just introverted leaders, but many people from speaking up in, and, and also standing up on a stage or in front of people and giving a talk. And when it comes to meetings in particular, because of the way that they are conducted for Many introverted people, they don't allow us to play to our, our strengths because introverts typically like to think and process information and then speak, whereas the way that most meetings are conducted, are there's an expectation that people will speak on the spot. So what I want you to um, think about is that many of us are led by our emotions and the way that we think affects how we feel and we act and behave according to how we're feeling. So if you're feeling anxious about speaking up or speaking at a meeting, that is likely to make you not do it, 
because you're feeling so anxious or because you're speaking, you're feeling anxious, you may speak, but because you're so anxious, you don't do it to the best of your ability. So in order to change that, you need to change how you feel, because if you change how you feel, you'll change how you act and behave and you'll, you will change, you'll be more confident and you will be more engaging and more and come across as a better speaker. And so there are four tips I want to share with you that can help you to do this. And so first of all, um, is preparation. Prepare. If you know you've got a big meeting on, prepare in advance for it um, and think about what it is that you want to talk about, go through the agenda in advance and identify those things that you have an opinion on so that you can do a lot of that thinking beforehand. So when you go into the meeting, you have done a lot of that thinking and it's easier for you to say what you want to say if you get put on the spot. And in the event that you do get put on the spot and you haven't had time to process your thoughts, just say um, what your initial thoughts are and that if you've got anything further to add, you'll get back to them. If you're doing a talk or delivering a presentation, preparation is key. So make sure that you prepare and that you practice what it is that you're going to say. The second thing is pause. So when you're in that moment and you're feeling anxious and you know that you're going to be speaking, just pause and use pauses to help you to get in, in control of what your, um, your thoughts and what you're thinking. Um, and also when you're pausing, breathe, practice breathing exercises. Um, so breathing in for four seconds, holding for four seconds, out for four seconds, holding for four seconds. And, re and repeating that a few times just helps you to, to slow down your breath and to calm down as well. Because what tends to happen is when you're feeling anxious, we start to speak quick, quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker because we just want to hurry up and get out what we're saying and get over it, get over it. But that can come across as lacking confidence, as um, disengaging, you're disengaging people because of it. But by just slowing down um, and calming your breath so that you can speak a bit slower and, and practicing those breathing exercises will help you to feel more calmer about it. The third thing is about being present and that is being my, practicing mindfulness and being in the moment. So what tends to happen when we're feeling anxious, our minds start to race ahead and we worry. We worry about, oh, what if, what if we say the wrong thing? What if they don't like what we're going to say? All these thoughts can be racing through your mind, making you feel anxious. And if that happens, just bring your mind back to the present and focus on the here and now, rather than racing ahead, worrying about what might not even happen. And the fourth thing is park that thought. When you're worrying and you've got all those thoughts running around in your mind, telling you that you're not good enough, that you're going to mess this up, that you're not going to um, engage them, they're not going to be interested, they're going to think, who does she think she is or who does she think he is? When you've got all those thoughts running around in your mind, just tell yourself, I haven't got time to worry about this right now. I, what I'm going to do is focus on getting out what I want to say, delivering my talk, speaking in this meeting. I'll worry about it when I get home this evening and I'll have a worry party when I get home. But right now I'm just focused on getting through this conversation or delivering this talk and saying what I have to say. 
And by delaying the worry like that, it will mean that you can speak without feeling so anxious and you can speak more confidently as well. And then when you get home that evening, if you want to have a worry party, then allow yourself some time just to reflect and look at why you were worrying the way that you were. But chances are you have done it and it's probably not going to be an issue anymore. So those are four tips. Prepare, pause and breathe, present, be in the moment and park that thought. And I hope you found what the speakers have shared informative um, and you'll be able to put into practice all what we've shared. And I'm now going to open up the questions. If you've got a question, then do raise your hand and come off mute. I will bring you up onto the stage and you can ask your question. So any questions do come up. I know I did see some people raise their hands before that they've lowered them. So if you do have one, raise your hand. Right, I've got someone here. And when I when I take you, when you come off mute, just give a quick introduction and then ask your question. So we have Andrea. Hello, Andrea. Do you want to take yourself off mute and ask away? Yes, thank you so much. I hope you can hear me. Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. Thank you. Thank you for all the speakers talking such an important um, topic for all of us, um, precisely in the new area of speaking in public. So I really wanted to ask you, for example, I am, I'm not a native English speaker. So how we can afford this kind of fears and, and nervous when we really have to give a, a public speak, speech to anyone who has not this complete full um, knowledge of the, of the language? So how we can handle with the confidence there? Thank you. Thank you very much for that. And I'll hand over to Susan because I know you've done some, um, some quite a bit of training, haven't you, Susan, with um, people who English is not their first language? Absolutely. So first of all, Andrea, many congratulations on you doing public speaking in your non-native tongue. It is a real achievement and I take my hat off to anybody who's doing this. Um, what I would say is, and I put myself in your shoes because when I was training to be an opera singer, I actually studied in Italy and obviously had to perform in Italian and had to also have lessons um, in the conservatorio in Italian when my Italian wasn't very good. So I, I understand where you're coming from and your English is better than my Italian believe me. What you need to do is to think of some of the tips that Carol shared about getting yourself in the moment and getting yourself calm and getting yourself to speak slower. Because when we get a little bit nervous anyway, as Carol quite rightly said, we tend to speak faster and then we take shallow breaths and it's almost um, a continuous thing going on. And if that happens, 
your speaking is going to be slightly less clear for your audience and there's the likelihood that therefore they will switch off so really think about being in the moment being calm slowing down using the pauses but also really focus on the what i call the rhythm and the dance of the english language it's different from the language that you speak i'm not quite sure which language is your your native tongue but it will definitely have different rhythms to it. So in the English language, one of the things that we have is that there are a couple of words that we emphasize in every sentence, and they're the important words. Whereas um, in Italian, for example, it's this long legato, and in German, it's a very staccato type of language, which I know is not your native tongue. So think about how you structure how you speak and almost have an underlined emphasis for two or three words in the sentence and then that makes it easier for your audience to understand and engage with you but i'd be happy to answer your questions again privately thank you for that susan um next i have sarah so bennett do you want to take yourself um off mute so please introduce yourself and ask your question and, and before you do that Andrea Andrea thank you for coming up and asking the question and I hope you found that answer very helpful hi Sarah yes okay oh, thank you so much you're welcome thank you thanks it's been a really really good session I've learned a lot from all the speakers so thank you um, my question is about um, when I'm making an intervention in a meeting, um, I think I get so anxious that when I come to the end, I sort of race through the, the last bit and then don't know how to finish with impact. And often I've noticed that that means that my point gets lost and I get that really frustrating thing when someone else raises it later and it becomes their, their point. So any tips on that would be really useful. Thank you. Right. Thank you for that, Sarah. So who wants to go with that one? I'm happy to, if, yeah. uh, if that's it. Um, I'll, well, Sarah, uh, thank you for thank you for the question. And um, I'd be really interested in, can I just throw another question back at you just so I can answer um, fully, which is, uh, what is happening for you emotionally when you tail off and lose that impact at the end? I think it's fear. I think that... Um, I, I don't know what to say, and I'm worried that uh, it's not landing very well. So I, I basically, I've sort of run away. Mm. You, it sounds like, um, a bit like Carol was saying about when we when we talk really fast and we speed up and we're almost rushing through it, like, oh my gosh, let's get this over with. Sometimes that can also happen with, oh my gosh, I don't know what we're going to say. And and yes, it, and the thought runs away um, and escapes. And... This is something, it's like the art of running downhill uh, fast. So sometimes we need to catch ourselves. Um, Carol talked about the pause, and, and I'm totally with her there because it, uh, learning to give yourself a pause and a breath and to be able to hold space in that pause 
is something that's if you master that that will help you just gather your thoughts and get you back on track and again think about what is it that I need them to know right now so I don't know how much that helps you in that sense but definitely practice taking even three seconds to just breathe in and realize that it's your time it's your space to really impacts others and the more confident you become with gathering that that pause and that time and space then you will finish with more oomph at the end and and you'll reclaim those thoughts that have run away with you hope that helps thank you that's great thanks very much no and if i could add, add to that as well um when you're coming to the end if if your mind is wondering and worrying and racing ahead and as, as Alexander said is about bringing it back to the present is being mindful of what I said about the way that the impact that our emotions and how we feel have on our, how we act and behave so if you're feeling anxious then it is going to affect how you finish your what it is that you're saying so being having that awareness that that is what is going on um, and if there is anything that you're fearful of just parking that thought as I said, did, and saying to yourself, right, I'm not going to worry about this right now. Right now, I'm just going to deliver and finish with impact what I'm saying. And then say, tell yourself you'll worry about it later. Did you want to add anything, Kayla? Yes, I'd, I'd like to make a suggestion. Well done for showing up today, Sarah, and, and asking us a, a question that's it's a little bit of a niggle and I can imagine how much you might beat yourself up when you leave the meeting and think, if only I said that. So what, what I'll suggest, you could have what's called a, a back pocket phrase. And it's just two little reminders. You can scribble that on a, on a piece of paper. It's just to keep you grounded and lead you into that question. You could say, for example, following from what Carol said or following from what Alexandra said. You just have that little sentence to lead you into getting yourself heard in a nice and gentle way. And, or you can say, may I, may I add, is it okay? In addition to what Carol said, for example, and it, it just leads you there to share your point before the day ends. So come up with some little phrases that you think might be useful. You can scribble them. I am a forever scribbler. And it's it, sometimes you think about it while you're scribbling and it really helps you to engage and move yourself into the moment gently. I, I really hope these tips have served you and you'll come back and, and say to us, I'm now speaking in meetings and sharing my thoughts. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's all yeah. Sorry, go on, Sarah. Sorry, I was just saying thank you. It's really, really helpful. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you for coming up. I'm conscious of the time. And so, I mean, I'm happy to continue a bit longer. Are you happy speakers? Because we have yeah. got, we've got a few oh, more yes, people. Yes, we are. I wanted to add something. Okay, go on, please. Um, because... Quite a lot of the work that I do is about impact and presence 
in meetings and public speaking. I'm not a vocal coach. It's one of my areas of expertise, but it's not exclusively what I do. And one thing that I, I, I love the um, tips that Kayla and Alexandra um, shared with you, Sarah. I want you also to always think about the call to action. So often we say something and then the audience thinks, well, what do I need to do? So if you always have in the back of your mind that call to action, whether it is, I need a response by Friday, please could you send the date so we can start, we can organise the next meeting. And quite often what can happen is if you are focused on something like that, um, that focus, that vision, that target can override the little voice and the fear. And that's something that neuroscientifically has been proved. So if you use that as your anchor and your target, that might help when you are in a meeting and maybe you're feeling slightly overwhelmed by other people listening to you. Focus on the call to action, what you want them to do. And good luck, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for that, Susan. Um, and that kind of ties in with what Alex, Alex said about, um, you know, when you're when you're doing a talk and having that um, that word that you want people to walk away, what you how you want people to work away with having that in your mind as well. Thank you so much. So, right. Next, we'll have Wendy, then Paul and then Scott. So well, hello, Wendy. Hello. Um my question is, if you're in a meeting and you've got something that you want to say, but the people who are talking are quite dominant and they're sort of doing a lot of talking, then how do you sort of, um, you know, sort of get in to say what your opinion is? All right. Thank you for that, Wendy. So who wants to go first? Anyone? I'm happy to take it. Um if, if anyone okay i'll go so so yes wendy it's about being asser asserting yourself um and using assertive language so if you're in the middle of speaking and people are talking uh, start to talk over you maybe raising your 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 voice slightly not shouting but just raising it lowering the tone and and speaking a bit louder and um, and when when you're thinking about being assertive um, this psychologist who likens assertiveness to a stage, and I think this is a good analogy that he uses, um, and he likens it to a, a stage and he said that people who are passive are in the audience and everybody else is on the stage but them, and they're just observing. People who are aggressive are on the stage and they're putting, pushing everybody else off. They don't want anyone else to be on the stage. People who are assertive recognise that there's room for everybody on the stage. So... Something that you could do, and it's something that, you know, when I'm coaching my clients, is to get them to think about whether they are on the stage or whether they're off the stage and letting everybody else on the stage as well. So when you're, when you're in those meetings, think about, think about, well, what do you need to do so that you're on the stage and that everybody's on the stage as well? I hope that helps. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Anybody else got anything to add? 
No, I think um, I think you really beautifully covered that. I love that yes, analogy. Yes, yes, I agree. You have. I, I I've put beautiful analogy <laughs> on a bit of paper here as well. So thank you for that, Carol. Okay, thanks. All right, thank you, Wendy, for coming up, and I hope that helps, and I hope you are able to go and put that into practice. So next, Paul. Are you there, Paul? Want to come off mute? No, he's disappeared. Okay, then um, if we have Scott. Do you want to come off mute, Scott, and ask your question? Yes, indeed. Hello, Carol, and uh, thanks for uh, giving me the chance to speak. I'm Scott. I'm a, a project manager, actually actively looking for work. The only comment I wanted to make, and it was just going back to an apology, I think it was Kayla who mentioned this, with using a, a sort of a stock phrase, a couple of words, to just give yourself an introduction into the conversation. Now, I think that's a really, really good bit of advice, particularly if you've got dominant folks in there, because it shows that you've been paying attention, but it also sort of earns you the right to talk up. Um, I have used a phrase myself um, in the past. It's it sort of, I, I call, describe myself as an inquisitive idiot in meetings, if I'm finding it hard to sort of break into it. If people have got a sense of humour, it kind of opens up the conversation for me. Um, but obviously you don't want to describe yourself as an idiot too much, but I found that's a, a fairly useful way of just trying to break into a conversation where I've got something to say. But uh, overall, I just want to say thanks very much for this panel discussion because it's been enormously, enormously helpful and I've been scribbling down notes. So not so much as a question, more of a thanks, really. Oh, thank you for that, Scott. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. Right, next, um, Valentina. Hello, everyone. Um, Valentina here. I'm on the bus, so um, if any noise, I do apologise. I just wanted to ask, um, when you are not being given the, op or when you don't have the opportunity to present or public speak, how do you, whilst you're waiting for that opportunity to come, start practicing and gaining the necessary confidence. I know the old uh, story about practicing the mirror, but it's not as good as practicing in front of people. And like, uh, I can't remember if it's Kayla, I used to read in church, which was good. I stopped for a reason, but I might go back, especially after listening to what you said. But yeah, that's my question. And also, whilst I'm on, I just want to say thank you very much. Really helpful. I have been scribbling down notes. I was on the train, got on the bus now, so I have been very active. But yes, I just want to know how I can um, start practicing so that mo when that moment comes, I am there. So, yeah. Great. Thank, thank, you for, um, thank you for coming up, Valentina. So who wants to respond to Valentina's question? I'll, I'll, I will give her a few tips if that's okay, Carol. Yes. Mm -hmm. Hi, Valentina. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us, even on the bus. Yes, that's amazing. That's amazing. So to find more speaking op opportunities, it's it's about being intentional and, and really looking around. There are lots of organizations who are 
always looking for a speaker. I know the, the Women's Institute, for example, they, they have a speaking audition that you could, you could go to, you could attend the audition. There are judges in the room and they are, they are really serious. And, and after that, they will add you to their panel of speakers. So if you have a good message, a message that can inspire others, and you call them and say, I'd like to take part in your speaking audition, they will give you the date, they'll ask you for your topic or your title, and you'll go there, you present, and if you do very well, they will say, okay, you will be on our panel of speakers, and from there on, they will send you to other there's also the University of the Third Age. They are always looking for speakers. The Rotary Club, they're always looking for speakers. So there, there are lots of opportunities. It's, the whole thing is finding that message first. And it, it will take some time to see, what do I have today that I, I can share with others? One of the, the talks I've, I've delivered years ago when I, I did the Women's Institute speaking audition, I did, I did a, a talk on mentoring ex-offenders. It's what really led me to, to, to work with, with ex-offenders, knowing that I, I came from a background in, in banking. It takes time to sit down and carve that message, get the right message there, get the right words in, and then deliver it. But the opportunities to be a speaker out of the church, outside the church, they are many, many, many. And there are local clubs as well, local creativity clubs that you, you, can, sp you can speak at. So keep your ear to the ground, but start thinking today. Make it an intentional thing. Say, okay, what would I like to share if I'm given this opportunity? The minute you put your pen to your paper, lots of ideas will come and we will find that message. I do hope that helps. Very, very grateful, Kayla. But did you say Women Institute of? No, it's, it's just called the Women's Institute. Okay. The Women's Institute. Look for their head office number and say, I would like to take part in your next speaking audition. And if I could add as well to that, Valentina, where are you located? I'm in London. Oh, you're in London. Okay. So, yes. um, yeah, so as she said, there's the Women's Institute. There's um, also... The Rotary Club. The Rotary University. Club. There's your, there's local you schools. Pick some things as well, because I've got some ideas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's... Sorry. yeah. There's local schools as well. They're always looking for people to come in and talk about their their careers, their experience and so forth. So um, approaching our okay. local schools as well. And there's also social media where you can go live and you can talk. Okay. <laughs> um, I could add some ideas as well. Yes, please, Susan. Um, there are a lot of charities who are desperate for speakers. Okay. People that will represent them to go into Rotary or to um, accept uh, those big checks when uh, an organization has um, raised money and a lot of these charities you just need to google speaker for a charity and lots of different charities will come up because they they advertise these they will give you 
a little bit of training. They will give you a little bit of information about what to say. And this is to a friendly audience. And you can be honing your skills and developing your confidence and your style with that whilst giving back. So good luck. Thank you very, very much. I'm very, very grateful to all the speakers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming up. And I wish you all the best with it as well. So right, we'll take two more. I'm very conscious that it's past time. So if people do need to go, then do go. But um, we'll just take two more. Um, so we will have Homera. I hope that I pronounced that right. And then Tamika. So Homera. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, first of all, thank you to the panel. Um, really appreciate your time. So Sarah asked a question about closing a meeting. My question is about opening up a meeting. Um, whether or not you're the host, um, usually you're asked to make your introductions. And so before you've even had a chance to slow down your heart rate, take a deep breath, you have to make an introduction. What is your advice for keeping the intro short, um, to the point, and to avoid going into a rant? Great question. Thank you. Who wants to go with that one? Anyone? I'll, I'll, I'm happy to, to give Hamera a few tips. Mm -hmm. One of the things, Hamera, thank you for asking such a, an important question. And being the first one to go, it does give you those butterflies. You can feel nervous. And one of the tips I, I do give my clients is the first, the minute you get to the venue, you can take those four deep breaths it's what Carol described before. It's called box breathing. You can do that in the car to really ground and, and steady yourself and put the air under your diaphragm because that really calms you down. It slows down the heart rate and it calms you down. One of the things you could do, you could really have a little, a little pen and paper and scribble something. Make sure it's an introduction. It shouldn't be over two minutes. Two minutes is the maximum for the introduction. Have an idea who are the important people I should, I should mention in the introduction. Is always raise your voice and welcome them and give them a snippet of what to expect in the meeting. So you might have, the, you might have uh, some information about the meeting. You know the purpose of it. It's about raising raising the energy in the room, giving them, you know, increasing their expectations and let them know this is going to be an amazing time spent here. So give them the information they need, how long they're there, who are the key people uh, or the key topic that you guys will be covering for the time. And that's how you open it. No more than two minutes, I would say. I, I do hope that that helps in some way. But I am a scribbler and it's, it's good if you can scribble in the car, scribble something. It really helps me to focus on what I'm going to say. And you can try that technique and see if it works. I, I do hope that help and helps. And anyone else who wants to add, please feel free to. Uh, thank, Very helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Kayla. Anybody um, else got anything to add? Hi. Um, well done for stepping up and, and 
actually asking that question, I feel it's really, really helpful if you always have a standard introduction that can get you, um, get the audience interested in what you're doing. Now, I'm not sure with your introduction, if you're talking about the first thing you're going to say in a meeting, or in fact, you are um, the person who is hosting the meeting. But what I always say to my clients is that there are some key things that you can do to both introduce yourself, but also to introduce a topic within a meeting. And um, I always write those things down. I keep it very, very brief and concise, particularly if it's virtual like this is, because our minds wander very, very quickly. So keeping it very concise, who you are, what you do, what the intention of this meeting is, and then start the ball rolling. And if you practice that beforehand and you've got it written down, you can use that as an anchor to, um, to manage your nerves right at the beginning. But very, all the best of luck and thank you for that question. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Hamera. Right, so the final question, Tamika. Do you want to come off mute? Hi, everybody. How are you doing? Hi, you Tamika. Hi. Um, I just wanted to say thank you, ladies, for having a platform like this. Um, like someone said earlier, I have struggled with public speaking since I was a child. Um, I tried to break out of it with the readings at church, um, doing different cultural arts things since I was little, uh, twirling baton, all types of things. Now I am a muralist and I am currently pursuing journalism. My focus is mental health. Um, so I just wanted to ask you guys, how do you um, combat not being uh, com comfortable in your skin when you're trying to public speak? I have tried to fight it multiple times. Um, I've had an issue with my weight since I was little. I lost a lot of weight. And then due to mental health issues, gained it back, hospitalization, things of that nature. So it's just taken me a long time to get back comfortable public speaking. But I do have a podcast that I host every Sundays um, to get me back into the rhythm of things. And just um, because that's, that's really what I want to do, copyright, journalism, and things of that nature. So if any tips you guys could give, that, that would be great. And again, thank you. Okay, so um, do you want to, um, Alex, have you got, do you want to answer this one? Yeah, abs thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you know, it's so funny. Um, first of all, I'm, I'm so sorry that you've been through um, all of those, those, those hurdles. And uh, do you know what, I've, I've really um, suffered with anxiety at times uh, that, that really can be quite crippling to, to the way that you show up. And you almost end up putting this mask on um, so that you go, I hope no one knows. But sometimes the problem with that is, A, you know that it's a mask. And and to some extent, other people start to notice it. Um, I, I'll, I'll share something really personal with you is that recently uh, I had I had two bits of feedback. One, um, 
I was on a I was on a work kind of retreat type thing, and and I keep a very like I can keep myself almost too polished, and and someone said we're always so perfect, and to me that almost cut like the the way they said it was a bit like oh okay, and I realised I was protecting myself too much and not being vulnerable enough. So I think it's about just gently finding the way that you can step outside um, and, and explore that vulnerability to people. And and this is, it's funny because um, just today, actually I was coaching, uh, I was coaching a client and what I did um, with them was use Tim Ferriss's fear setting exercise, but it really depends on how you're motivated and how you're motivated and what pushes you outside of your comfort zone so if you think you have your zone of comfort where you feel lovely and warm and safe and comfortable which sounds almost like your podcast that's your comfort place and then there's this wider angle so about what you want to achieve and it seems a little bit scary and it seems a little bit um nervous so I don't know how familiar you are with uh Tim Ferriss or the fear setting have you used it before no, I haven't. Um, could you repeat that again, please? Yeah, sure. I'll quickly go. I'll quickly just say because it's three things. So the fear okay. setting is effectively exploring because um, so much of the time our fear is based in what could happen if I do this what will happen to me and so our mindset is very much like oh my gosh if I take an action then this might happen whereas this fear setting exercise is very much about if I don't do this what's gonna happen (laughs) like if if I if I stay where I am am I you know in six months time if I'm still in the same place are you is that okay with you um, because sometimes it could be like, whoa, no, I don't want to be still be here in six months time. In fact, that, that's a worse option. So to do that, to get comfortable, is looking at three things. First of all, define. So define what could happen. So what what is it? What is the fear? What is the fear that might happen? Someone might say something bad about you, um, something. I mean, you could outline basically all your worst fears right there. What could happen? The next stage is prevent. So what could you do? So actually, if those things happen, what could you do about it? And how, how could it, you know, what's it going to do? And what can you do to prevent it before it happens? And the next stage then is repair, which is, well, if it did happen, what could you do to fix it? And what steps could you take? And suddenly you'd, you could go, well, I'm going to go speak on a stage. Okay, well, what could happen? Well, I could fall flat on my face. Well, I could look like a complete idiot. Well, I could feel terrified. Okay, well, what could I do pr- to prevent that? Well, I, I, I'm going to wear flats and <laughs> not wear comfortable footwear. I'm going to practice in the space and make sure I feel comfortable with where I'm going to be speaking. Uh, okay, so I'm not going to fall. So, okay, that's unlikely. Um if I did, if I did fall flat on my face, I'm just going to get straight back up again. I'm going to brush myself off and I'm going to make a conscious effort to laugh. And okay, that's not so bad. That's not so bad. Okay. So what about if someone said something horrible to me? Okay. Well, how could, what could I do to prevent that? Well, okay. I don't really have much option because if they're going to say it, they're going to say it. Okay. That's fine. They can do them. Repair it. 
I can either talk back or I can I can just go, do you know what? That's up that's your whatever's going on with you. Okay, yes, that helps me. So you see, so defining the fear, what the fear is, helps you take ownership of it. And then you can say, okay, what's going to happen if I don't do this? And does that seem less scary? So I hope that helps. So if you look it up, Tim Ferriss Fear Setting, it's a TEDx talk he does on it and he, he talks it through um, um, how he used it with his anxiety and with his, um, and help him reframe, reframe. Mm. Thank you for that, Alex. That was very um, detailed. Thank you. Um, and if I could add as, as well, Tamika, because you talked about, um, you know, some some of the, the personal elements that about yourself uh, in terms of how you feel about putting yourself out there. Um, and, and what I would say is about learning to accept yourself as you are and recognising your, your skills and and gifts and talents and what you have because oftentimes we look at other people we compare ourselves to other people and we put ourselves down in the post in the process but the one of the keys to self-acceptance is recognizing that we are made up of so many different components we've got things that we're good at things that we're not good at things that we are sort of indifferent to we've got so much skills talents ways of thinking ways of being um, and that is okay um, and accepting that you are this person that has so many different facets to you and accepting yourself as you are um, and being comfortable in your skin as you are. And some of the challenges and the things that you have been through have helped to shape who you are today. And those things you can use in your journey to making your impact in the world and making a difference. So I hope that helps. That's how it, both of you, yeah, both of you ladies really helped me a lot um, with what you just said because just mentioning the TEDx talks, like I, I've had dreams of doing that for so long and then these things with, you know, my mental health happened and everything like that and I just viewed it as a setback. But I've also started thinking as if, like you said, like what would happen, I should be afraid if I don't do these things that I know I'm supposed to do. That is a greater impact than the fear that's holding me back. So I got to keep going. And thank you so much because I, I just know that I, I do have to just continue to go and step in and accept who I am. I always think, okay, maybe my message is too much or, you know, what I have to say is, I'm too much or I'm just all over the place. So thank you so much. Great. Well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for listening in, everybody. And thank you, speakers, for... I know we've gone way, way, way over over the time, but, you know, there were just so many questions and I wanted to be able to answer the questions that we had. So thank you so much for hang, hanging on and staying on and answering the questions. And for those of you that are still on listening thank you for joining in do follow the other speakers if you're not connected with them on linkedin do go to their profiles follow their follow them so that you can be kept up to date with the work and when they're having events and so forth as well so thank you everybody and goodbye bye so thank you speakers bye, thank you um, actually, before you go, any one last thought or comment that you want to share? 
from from myself, I would say I'd like to thank everyone for joining us this this afternoon. I'd like to just encourage you to take those small steps that are available to you. It's available to everyone. Small and steady always wins the race. If it's your intention to speak, there are lots of possibilities that are just waiting for you. Go out there, make yourself proud. It's not about perfection. It's about leading with a message. Be authentic, be yourself, and be your best cheerleader. Thank you, Carol. Thank you, um, Susan and Alessandra. It's lovely to meet you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear you and meet you and speak alongside you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Alex. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you and goodbye, everybody. And um, yes, do check out each of the speakers. And if you want more tips for introverted leaders, I have the Quietly Visible newsletter here on LinkedIn. If you go to my profile, look in the featured sections, you will see it there where you can subscribe and um, read some of the articles that I've written specifically to support introverted leaders. Well, thank you for listening. And if you want to increase your confidence, influence and impact, then go to my website, aboundingsolutions.com. There is a free assessment that you can complete that will give you ideas of areas that you can focus on. And if you're not a member of my High Achieving Introverted Women community, then do find us on Facebook, the High Achieving Introverted Women Facebook group. Um, and if you join the Facebook group and have any questions about this episode, then feel free to ask in there. And do check out each of the speakers, Susan Heaton-Wright and Alexandra Bomburnett and Kayla Conley. They are all on LinkedIn. And you will find links to their website in the information for this episode. Until the next time, bye.